0: This is Dream Chasers with Adam Carswell. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dream Chasers Adventures in the Future. I'm your host, Adam Carswell, joined today by the legend herself, Natalie Knox, a tool room leader of the new school. She just dropped a banger, absolute weapon, as we say in our industry, called Alma Mia. And I had even some friends, my close friends, I sent them the compilation to listen to. And I didn't say, hey, you know, send me your favorite songs or whatever. They just on their own. They were like, hey, like you should listen to this one. I'm like, I already listened to it. I know it's good. <laughs> but I, basically what I'm saying is my, my friends were sending me your music. I'm like, that's that's a good sign that Natalie's uh, on to something. And I saw it was featured on another episode of Tour Room Radio, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead and dive it. Oh, and by the way, we're we're both eating snacks today on today's show. I've never done my wife just brought me nachos and I'm like, I'm I'm gonna eat these while we do the interview. <laughs> Why
1: not? Then you yeah. know, and I joined in Solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got them um, it got picked up initially for I think seven episodes seven oh two or seven oh three. I can't remember with pers- with precision. By Mark. And then he picked it up again for the one two weeks after. Uh, yeah, he seems to be uh, enjoying it fairly, fairly well.
0: I saw that. I'm not going to lie. I, w- I was I was like, man, I wish they picked my song. And then this week they picked mine. Yay, I saw that. <laughs> so Congratulations. We, we, both, we both made it. <laughs> I shouldn't have been looking at it that way. I should have just been saying, you know what? Natalie is the best. I'm so happy for her, which I know. And now I'm even more. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Now. How did this journey begin for you, Natalie? How did you first discover Tool Room, and then then we'll talk about the academy? But when? How did you first discover Tool Room Records?
1: I think I discovered Tool Room, you know, uh, not too well. I mean, relatively not too long ago for for me, but um, I guess if you put it in perspective. Maybe too long ago for a few people. So around 2016, I came across. Um, I was obsessed with the Tears by Broken Fitch. Like, absolutely obsessed with that uh, track. So I went on to try and find it, and um, I found it in Evisa 2016, I think.
0: Tears by Prokvich. Yeah. It, it was a tool room.
1: It was not the compilation. It was in the visa 2016, and that's how I became wow. basically, like, aware of tool room's existence. Wow. And, yeah, I was hooked. I was, like, absolutely hooked. There were so many bangers in their compilation, so I just started buying them, and, and yeah. Spinning them, you know, like it. uh, it, uh, their compilations brought me like memories of the 90s when you used to buy like an album and it had like 30 tracks and it was so cheap and so cost efficient. So, yeah, I was like, oh, my God, this is a great deal. Like it's only $10 and I get like all of this music.
0: (laughs) I like Proc and Fitch a lot. I also have been recently nerding out on a lot of the 2016-2017 Tool Room music that's out there. My observation is that's actually kind of the direction the label is heading right now is kind of revitalizing some of that that vibe, and I love it because that's that's when I first got exposed to any of this as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I must preface by giving some, I guess, some some background to it. Uh, there's um, a, um local legend in Toronto, Sydney Blue. It's her name.
0: Are you in Toronto?
1: I'm in Toronto. Yes.
0: Wow, we're moving there soon. Oh,
1: are you? Oh, good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just interviewed some. I don't know if you saw. There was an interview. I interviewed the wrong Matt Reed. Oh, geez. he's in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> That's great that you're there. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to connect. Definitely, but, we'll have to connect okay, for can, sure. How did you first, find out the academy. Yeah,
1: yeah. So she uh, she put together this campaign to try and um, um, bring awareness to the disparity of female producers and um, started running um, what do you call them? Like remix challenges or competitions. With labels and artists. Yeah. And uh, the first contest that she ran back in probably 2020 was uh, with Tool Room and Maxine. And I love Maxine. I have mm. had, like, so many of her tracks. I got to meet, meet her. Yeah, Maxine's awesome. Yeah, like, her sound was just, like, chuggy and chunky. And, uh, yeah, I fell in love with that. Uh... So, anyways, the contest came out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to join it. Like, I'm I'm just going to to see how it goes and uh lo and behold i i came in third against all odds <laughs> wow. and uh, yeah after that they invited me to go to the e1 event that they that they did in 2022 i think the same one that uh sean and, and emma were talking about that was at that one too and that's kind of how mm-hmm. i became a little bit like introduced to to it introduced to the world and um, as soon as i came back from london i, um, I thought to myself I'm i'm gonna join
0: wow and so what academy cohort were you a part of
1: oof i was an orphan of ta 0035 creativity unlocked yes that was the only the only track that got that selected from from my class from my group Mm -hmm.
0: right if it was 35 i mean i Mm -hmm. was in number 30 so was that like was that just was that like less like six months ago maybe
1: yeah, actually, yes, it started that it run from November last year to March this year.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. because we had we had rerun on the show and I think he was in 37.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So he must have been after me for sure.
0: Because his track, he said his track was the only one right from the group that he had gone through. I think that, that got chosen. And then so you made Alma Mia maybe what, almost a year ago?
1: Well, I started it a year ago. I finished it this year in about early March, in April. That's when I put the yep. final touches. It was my course track and it got it got picked up.
0: Wow, good for you. I love hearing everyone's story on how their uh, track got signed. I, I um you you and Rerun were the, the students oh. that I wish I was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I remember sitting there in the A and R. The, you know, everyone there, they're they're sharing their track that they've been working on for like three or four months, and Pete and Danny, I think, for our A and R. And you're just sitting there, like, sweating, you know, hoping they like yours the most. But the cool thing is, the track that I made in my cohort, although it didn't. Get signed by Tool Room. I'm. It's. It's going to actually be coming out this spring with another label, which I don't know if I'm a, how much I'm allowed to say yet. But I didn't. You know what? I didn't even know that was a thing until I got into the academy. That like sometimes you can make music that gets signed like one year, two years later. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I I kind of knew it from the academy as well. Just because uh, you know, prior to the academy, I hid, I didn't have anything like anything signed. This is basically my first.
0: Oh, nice. uh, track. Like this is we're, my we're debut we're track say, ever. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I, I had no clue throughout. you know, the the our lessons. I remember I think Pete or Dean were were saying, you know, there's some times that you're going to be, your release date will be pushed back for whatever reasons. You know, it could be beyond the labels control. It could be just um, whatever reason you, your track might be sitting in the shelf for, you know, up to a year, year and a half before you get uh, to see the light of day.
0: Yep. So what I'd like to know is, what is your musical background? I see you have the guitars behind you. You referenced buying an album in the 90s. So it sounds like you've just been surrounded by music for a large portion of your life.
1: My background is primarily in, in rock and metal music. I'm a huge metal head. So I've been playing guitar since I was probably like 17, 18 in the early 2000s. Yeah, like I have um, um, I have doubled in, in you know music making composition to some extent a little bit of production but just in a different genre so um you know when i came into trying to make tech house or trying to make electronic music in general it it's a new angle it was a familiar process just you know it was just different tools different style different way to to do things but uh, it felt familiar
0: interesting in what way cuz for me i've never you know i played piano a little bit growing up Mm -hmm. and I do think that that helped like you know you break out the piano role and Ableton you know you kind of understand what you're doing but guitar seems very different from what I learned in the academy but again I have no connection to what it's like playing guitar so in in what way do you feel like you see a similar pattern?
1: Well not so much guitar but you know like making music prior right like for example for me opening up like a Logic project to lay down say chords with uh, drums In song structure, and then get out the piano and and say, uh, put like texture pads, uh, chords, arpeggios, and things like that. I think that it just opens up your musical vocabulary to understand the theory or the know how a little bit better. So that's where, for me at least, it felt a little bit familiar in the sense that okay, well, I you know I know what um, I know what they're talking about when they are doing this or when they are showing this technique or when they are showing this synthesizer or things like
0: that okay love it so what are you working on now i'm working on once you start you can't stop i know, I know that. you can't stop <laughs> That's <I> love.
1: yeah <laughs> so i'm um, i'm working on two more right now i'm working actively on two more tracks that have um original vocals Mm. And I also am working on um, a track that's a reinterpretation of a traditional Mexican song that's not very well known. That's from, from the Huasteca region, which is where I'm where I'm originally from, where my mom is from. Huasteca music is super, super lively and and just gets you ready for partying. So I was like, what if I blend this with this? And it's a marriage made in heaven. <laughs>
0: Right. What part of Mexico geographically is that? Like what city, what's the biggest city close to?
1: It's considered the eastern portion of um, the country, so Veracruz, Tamaulipas and Hidalgo. Yeah. So like the um, sort of like the Gulf Coast and a little bit of um, the uh, the inner
0: lands. Near like Tampico? Tampico. Yes. Tampico. Cool. Yeah, that's that part of Mexico, I think, at least across North America kind of gets overlooked. Everyone talks about Riviera Maya the Pacific, like Acapulco, right? Mexico city. So that's cool. Cause I think you are, you know, you're bringing something that to your point has kind of been overlooked and is a good fit. If you hop into the, the Gulf of Mexico and go South a little bit to the Caribbean, that's where a lot of my influences come from. Now I'm not, not from the Caribbean, but you know, spent some good time there and it's cool to bring these, to bring these sounds into your vibe. Yeah, I find that that is you know to your point what makes it unique. So, when do you think we're going to get to hear the next Natalie Knox banger? Uh, that's a good question. Um,
1: I'm not sure. I mean, I um, I think I'm going to. I'm trying mighty hard to maybe put the final few touches at the end of the month, beginning of November, and then I'll I'll see about starting to to get it. Uh, you know, shop around. Hopefully we'll be picked up by a uh, uh, tool room again, but we'll see. Hey, <laughs> I don't want like, <laughs> to
0: get like my hopes up, you know, you start with tool room. As far as I'm concerned, that's how you got to do it. Right. Why not? I guess we got lucky. I think for me, it was being, being naive. I didn't realize like how, how challenging it, it could be sometimes to get tool room to, to pick up a track until talking to people. And then I'm like, wow, we got, we got blessed. <laughs> to be signed yeah. by them you know, already you know so well absolutely
1: yeah i share the same um experience with a few people right they've told me
0: <laughs>
1: like it's it's really really hard to get picked up by the um um uh, by, by tool room i think for me the realization came when you know i had my entire group of uh, classmates and uh, yeah like only only mine got picked up
0: i remember going through the academy and they let you know like Hey, you know, just because if your music doesn't get signed by Tool Room, it's okay to like send it to other labels. And I remember hearing multiple people say that. And I don't, I don't know about you. I, f- I feel like we're, again, we're probably on the same page here. We're just like, I'm in the Tool Room Academy. Like, I won't settle for anything else. Like, I I want I want Tool Room. I don't care about any other label. I want Tool Room. And then you know, to our both of our benefits, we got it. So great, as you guys can tell, great label. If you if you if you're not familiar with um. Tool Room Records or Tool Room Academy right now and you're listening to this interview, just go to toolroomacademy.com for more information.
1: Don't start your career with Tool Room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife always tells me I have the worst uh, English accent ever. I say, it's not that bad, is it? What is your favorite gig that you've ever played and why? And then also, where what is your dream venue to, to play a set at?
1: Mm-hmm. I'll say my... Um... You know, one of the I haven't really played many gigs to be truthful with you. I'm not at least as a DJ, it's um, it's a combination of I'm I'm selective about it. Sure. And um, I'm um, I'm I also haven't really put myself out there to to perform just because I want to concentrate a lot more in my artistry and in in developing my sound.
0: I just want to say this. I've said it like 80 times on these interviews now, but I'll never forget when I got to meet Mark. I was like, what do you recommend that I focus on that you think I might not be seeing right now? And he said, focus on the music. Mm -hmm. And at first, I'm like, I don't know. What does he mean? Like, obviously focus on the music, but I didn't really know what he meant. And then I thought about it. And everything that we're talking about here begins with, like, his creativity, your creativity, you know?
1: Yeah, yep. great. That's great advice for sure. I think that, you know, that's something that I, when I enterprised into this journey, I, I just wanted to make it about uh, the music that I could create, finding my sound, finding my message. And then the gigs will come after. But yeah, prior to the pandemic, I think um, I played like a little hole in the wall type of uh, joint with a couple of DJ's uh, DJ friends. And I did a back-to-back with my fiancé. And, uh, yeah, it's super memorable because we had the house absolutely like jumping and just you know, being with her behind the decks was fantastic it was really, really, really great. like a super memorable experience that was. who knows? Maybe we'll repeat it in the future
0: yeah.
1: As for a dream dream place to play, you know what? I'm not sure i mean i'm I'm a fairly humble person. So for me, I think that I guess basically like any any club in the Tulum Strip would be like, Yay, I made it.
0: And <laughs> what strip? In Tulum. Oh, oh, Tulum. Nice. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I love cool. Tulum. Mm-hmm. I've been there once, but I don't, you know what? I don't, I don't, unfortunately, I don't remember going to any clubs, but that's cool. I, I didn't know Tulum had a strip. I bet it's just great. Yeah, it's pretty good. It would be, your vibe would be right on point with that.
1: I hope so. Yeah, I, I really hope so.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, I, I look forward to seeing you. Play in Tulum one day. I'm confident you will. Thank you. And and then hopefully we can we can get you to um I don't know. Let me just think of a bigger stage. Where are we going to see Natalie one day, guys? Well, Toronto has some. Toronto has some. This I'm imagine. actually really happy that that we're moving there because.
1: Yeah, Toronto has some great ones. I mean, if I if I were to play Electric Island alone, that that one would be like oh, amazing. Like
0: there it is, <laughs> Electric Island. Natalie Knox, 2025, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you there. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be opening up for her if I if I if I get my skills up. So
1: Go well, unblock the promoters. So I'll give you their socials. Tell them Natalie Knox.
0: <laughs> oh, and your your I don't know if that is like your your real name or just your stage name, but it's a very catchy, very catchy name.
1: Well, thank you. It's uh, it's my stage name.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Cool, Natalie. What's the best place for our listeners? to follow up and get in touch with you Instagram or just what do you prefer
1: You know what I am the most active on Instagram for sure I used to be on Facebook but now Facebook is just uh, intolerable so yeah I think Instagram for sure I think to Threads and and recently Blue Sky but definitely you want to get in touch with me SoundCloud Instagram that's where you will probably find me easiest
0: Sure yeah in- Instagram seems to be the best from what I'm I'm seeing right now too so there you go guys it's, it's just, is it Natalie Knox, DJ Natalie Knox? What is it on Instagram? Just Natalie Knox. Nice. Nice. You got, that's, that's good that you just got like the name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, go follow Natalie. Any words of wisdom to uh, our audience? Keep it real. Keep it humble. And always be yourself.
1: Unless you can be Jennifer Lawrence, then be Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Take notes, ladies and gentlemen. Natalie, you rock literally and uh, look forward to to seeing you soon. Everyone, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us here today. Your time on Dream Chasers. We'll catch you in the next episode. I'm General Moses, Adam Carswell, whatever you want to call me. Take it to the next level. Thanks. Bye. Dream Chasers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us here today. Your time. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share this bad boy on social media, drop a five-star review, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, and hey, we really appreciate it. It brings better visibility, better SEO to the show, so just can't thank you enough for that. And also, as you notice, we don't have any ads here on Dream Chasers, so I just want to remind you to head over to Carswell.io to get all updates, especially because I am currently writing a book. The book is on the topic of... Insert suspenseful topic here. Multiplication. Yes, I'm writing a book on multiplication. I know that may sound silly, but that's what it is. So I'm really excited about this. I've also learned it takes a lot more time to write a book than I originally expected. So it's coming soon. And just want to remind you, if you want to get updates on my first ever book, you can go to carswell.io, drop your email address there, and you'll get all the updates you could possibly need or imagine on the release. So thank you again for your listenership. And remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.